Time now for sports on 104.7 The Cave. Here's Ned Reynolds. Mike, the intern, Ned Reynolds, back in the studio. So every year, towards the end of the regular season, everyone starts talking about what is going to happen with Eric Bieniemy, the OC for the Kansas City Chiefs. Where is he going to go to uh, coach a team? He's definitely due, but every year we keep him, which I'm totally happy with and I'm fine with. But now he might actually be going to college. It would be Southern Cal because he is from California. Played at Colorado, but he is from California. And Southern Cal has a special appeal to it because it is a very famous, renowned football university. It's in Los Angeles. It's a private school. It's the only private school in the the Pac-12. He wouldn't go right away, I wouldn't think. They've turned the duties. They fired the coach earlier this week, Clay Helton. And the players aren't happy about that. They wanted the guy to stay around. Not you know, not his fault. We're not playing very well. But college said, no, he's out of here. So Clay Helton fired, and they turned it over, turned the head coaching duties over to an assistant coach. But they're talking to Eric Bieniemy. apparently. It wouldn't be, I don't think he would leave right now. He'd fill out the contract at the end of the season and take over next year. So the interim coach would fill out, at least I am thinking, that's the way it would probably be. Do you think he'd be leaning towards taking that head coaching job at SoCal? Southern Cal head coach is a pretty high-profile position. I wouldn't be at all surprised, of course. He turned down some head pro uh, coaching jobs, some jobs in the NFL, which are also high-profile. Southern Cal's a little bit different. Yes, I think he would seriously consider this if, in fact, he is invited. These are just reports. Yeah, yeah. Substantiated. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, also, you know, in the way he coaches, uh, he's very much more leaning towards a college-style coach, especially the way he calls plays, the imagination that he uses. You only see stuff like that really happen in college football. Well, he was a big star in Colorado, and he is at that age, and I think he's 52, if I'm not mistaken, where if you're going to make a career change, now's the time to do it. Now is the time to do it. I will be crying in my Cheerios (laughs) the day we announce that. Um, So yesterday, you know, a lot of people were making a big deal about the incident on the sideline, Chiefs-Browns game, saying that the assistant coach should have had uh, been ejected as well. It's always the second guy in those instances. It always is. And I'll tell you right now, there was plenty of stuff that got missed on the other side of the ball. What do you think? Well, the Browns are a little upset about it because uh, Ronnie Harrison will, well, he's ejected from the game, but he will probably be fined as well. I don't think he'll be suspended. But the Browns are saying, all right, Ronnie did this, but he was coached into it by this coach, Greg Lewis. Well, the Players Association, which is the union, the Players Union, their president said, yeah, hey, this guy ought to be at least suspended or fined or done something. Well, it just so happens the union president is the Cleveland Browns starting center, J.C. Yeah, Treader. Yeah, I was about <laughs> ready to bring that up if you weren't going to. <laughs> well, yeah, that enters into the whole scheme of things. But we'll see. Uh, maybe a fine. Yeah, I wouldn't. I don't think that'd be a, all that big a deal. Um, the <laughs> the feeling I was getting after post game because they got that got that got brought up was that he was helping him off of Clyde, getting him off of Clyde. And he wasn't moving, and so he got him off of Clyde. Now, how he did it, I'm not saying, you know, it's our, it's our guy, you know what I mean? But again, 
in those situations, it always comes down to how you react. From a neutral observation, it looked to me like he pushed Harrison. Like I said, he was getting him off our guy. What else is he supposed to do? (laughs) Uh, So let's talk about NASCAR. A little bit of a change in the schedule, isn't it? It is. This is very interesting what they're doing. The prelude to the Daytona 500 every year is the Clash. They used to call it the Bush Clash, but now it's just the Clash. And it's a by-invitation-only exhibition. And it's a big deal. The fans turn out huge numbers. Then they follow that the next week with the Daytona 500. This year, they're going to change the date. They're going to do it on February 6th. And the Clash is not going to be at Daytona. It's going to be in the Los Angeles Coliseum. That's where the aforementioned Southern Cal plays. It's where the Olympics are going to be in four years, actually in 2028, so it's still a while away. But we're going to build a quarter-mile track inside and run the Bush Clash there because NASCAR says we need to expand. And the Daytona 500 is not the next week. That's the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. So it is two weeks away. <laughs> anyway, an experiment to bring NASCAR into the big city on the West Coast. It already is, but to do something special in the middle of winter, See what happens. I wonder how much those tickets are going to cost. A lot. A lot. It's at that point for the St. Louis Cardinals that they need to win every single game. No mistakes. Everything's on the line. How'd it go last night? Ball is bouncing right for them right now. They're on a roll. Won 7-6 in 11 innings. And in each of the extra innings, held off the New York Mets. How in the world, how in the world they're doing it, but they are. And in this case, because all the other teams are floating on icebergs and are ice cold at the moment, the Cardinals are in second place in that wild card position. It's by a half a game, but they are there. Bottom line is this. Yes, the Cardinals are there, but now they can't rest on their laurels. They've got to keep on winning. Some of these teams that have been playing cold baseball, Cincinnati's been awful. The San Diego Padres have been awful. Philadelphia's beaten by the Chicago Cubs last night. It all is working into the place for the Cardinals right now, but will it continue? There are a couple more weeks to go in the season, and the Cardinals have to keep on winning. They do have the New York Mets again today, and then the San Diego Padres head-to-head with the Cardinals this weekend in St. Louis before the Cardinals go on the road to play the Brewers and the Cubs. So it's still a ways to go yet, but Cardinals do have second place. They do have that second wild-card berth at the moment by half a game. I hate being in this position. I just, I mean, I know it's exciting, but it's just, uh, you you really would rather be just saying, okay, cool, we'll see you in a couple weeks, guys. That's when it really starts. But then you go in fighting, and you're just, and the fighting never really stops. And that's tough for a team. It really is. Uh, Royals, obviously, they're not going postseason, uh, but they do have some regular season games left. They played in Coffin last night. They did indeed, and beat the Oakland A's 10-7. to Oakland's another team that's going right down the tubes here in the, in the latter stretch of the season. But how about Salvador Perez? I'm, I, he's not going to do it, I know, but he's my most valuable player in the American League. It is 43rd home run of the season last night. 43 home runs. He's too shy of Johnny Bench, tying Johnny Bench for the all-time record for home runs by a catcher. That is absolutely sensational. Royals do get the win, 10-7. Future looks bright for them, and Royals fans can relax because the Chiefs are back in town, and you can just focus on that. Last but not least, uh, Missouri State Bears' full basketball schedule is out. I know you're marking your calendar for the games you're going to, but there's kind of an anomaly in there, isn't there? A big-time anomaly. The schedule heretofore over all the years that have that have expired now 
has had the preseason, and that's non-conference games, all early on. And they still are this year, too. Bears open up in November against SEMO and then play Brigham Young a little bit later on. But the anomaly is this, and it's for all the Missouri Valley Conference teams. They are opening the conference season on December the 1st, and that is one month earlier than usual. One game. That's all. It's a one-game standalone opening. And the Bears will open up at Illinois State and then not play another conference game until after the turn of the year in January. It's most unusual, but that's what the Valley's decided to do, have that standalone conference opener all by itself on December 1st, and we'll see what happens. But the Bears' conference schedule is out. Their whole schedule's out now, for, for that matter. And it's a, it's a demanding one, but in talking with Dana Ford the other day, I do think they're going to have a very good basketball team. I really do, too. They uh, look like they've got a, a really good core foundation to build on, but that is some tough, tough competition in that conference. So, Ned, you have a great Wednesday. Stay dry, my man.